Hello everyone and welcome to Free Life Chapel, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. My name is Debbie and I am so excited that you decided to join us today. In order to connect with us, we would love for you to drop your comments below or visit our website at freelifechapel.org. Now, sit back, relax. There's an awesome word that is just waiting for you to hear. So check this out. We are in a series here called Kinfolk, y'all. You ready to go here? That's what's up. Hey, hey, hey. I can't hear you. Act like you ain't never heard it. So, you know, you know, you dance with your cup of coffee in the morning to this thing in front of the mirror. You're trying to get sloshing coffee everywhere. And I, that's the brothers in the place, not all the dudes in the place. I, uh, we are family. You know, it's interesting how the Bible lays it out and talks about the church being a family. Families have, we've, we've all been a part of families all of our life. If you grew up when I did back in the 70s and 80s when TV and life was really good. Where's my 70s and 80s folks? You grew up in, those, in, those, in that area. Y'all know, some of y'all don't have a clue how good it was. We had the Brady Bunch back in the day. Family. They even had to bring back the Adams family. Family, right? Right? About Leave it to Beaver. Anybody watch Leave it to Beaver? Yeah, that kind of got on my nerves sometimes. About the Jeffersons. You know about what the Jeffersons? Well, we're moving on. Of course you did. Yes. Family ties. Where's the family ties, folks? Okay, we, we all, well, tracking that. What about My Three Sons? Anybody watch My Three Sons? Look at that. Look at that. Okay, how about this one? How about that? Family Matters? Yeah, yeah, with the Winslows. Yeah, you you got to love the Winslow family, you, you, right? You got to get Fresh Prince. Come on, the Banks, the Banks family. We all want to be part of the Banks family, right? I mean, everybody wanted to get up inside that family. And then I just got to go here because it's just Sanford and Son. I mean, you just, you just had to be, come on, go. Lamont, you know, I, I mean, all that, right? I mean, that's just, that's just good. Family. And some of those families, as crazy as they were, don't even compare to your crazy family. We can make a TV show of your house. Oh, look at that. How do you know that? I would not watch that show. I would just like try to ban that thing, right? I mean, it's, that's, that's all. Us. We're coming into this Thanksgiving season where families are getting together and family of origin and family of choice, family that you're biological with and family that you've really just, your hearts have grown together. And even though we don't share the same last name or even the same DNA, there's something that connects us that is so real, sometimes I'm closer with family of choice than family of origin. Anybody ever experienced that before? It's kind of, you, you hate to say it in front of your actual biological family, but it's just true. Why? What is it? What is it that does that? There's a, there's a spiritual connection. It's, it's deeper than just I like you, but there's something that connects us, and it creates this family feel where I'm stronger because we're doing lives together. But here's what I've learned. All families are jacked up. Ain't nobody got it all together. Oh, we can paint it up good, and you can put all the filters you want to on IG, and you can tell all the stories you want. We know the stories you tell are skipping over all the stories you can't tell about your family because we know we all got a mess up inside our house. Just look at your neighbor. That's all. You ain't got to say a word. Just look at them. I, I, I kind of take some comfort from that because there's jacked up families all through the Bible. Well, you think you would look to the Bible to find, oh, the model family. They ain't there. 
No, y'all, they don't exist. The families that we look to go, oh, no. They are whack. They're as whack as your family is. Let me help you. Adam and Eve. They got two boys, Cain and Abel. One kills the other one. He's a murderer and now he's a fugitive. Nobody at Thanksgiving going, haven't heard from Cain in a while. Wonder how he is. No one's talking like that because he's on the run. Isaac had two boys, Jacob and Esau. Need I say more? With, with mom's help, Jacob deceives his dad, Isaac, with mom's help. Talk about a dysfunctional family. They put funk in dysfunction. She helps one son favoritism in the house to deceive dad to steal the birthright from the oldest son. Now there's a sibling rivalry and they're out to kill each other. It's an absolute train wreck of a mess. Jacob running for his life goes to his uncle's house. It wasn't just his house. It was his uncle jacked up and he works for seven years for a young girl named Rachel. I want to marry Rachel. That's awesome. But he got deceived on his wedding night. Oh, it's Leah. And all of a sudden you got to work seven more years lying up inside the house. It was a twisted mess. And we still worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We all jacked up. Eli, the high priest. Oh, it comes to the church. Church pastor's families are jacked up. I'm waiting. I'm pausing for an effect right there. I'm just letting that sink out. Because I'm just going to include all of us right now. I'm just, just putting it out there. This guy named the high priest was Eli. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Never name your sons Hophni and Phinehas. But, but, but they, they were trading temple and spiritual favors for sexual favors from the people around. This is what they were doing. They died. I mean, it just, it's an absolute mess. King David. David, the man after God's own heart. Yeah, it sounds great. But his first son, Amnon, was a rapist. His second son, Absalom, tried to kill his father, steal the throne, and he slept with all of David's wives. And then his third son, Solomon, he didn't try to kill anybody. He just married everything that walked. 700 wives, 300 concubines. You talk about a train wreck. Families in the Bible are jacked up. That's a That's a mess. Have you ever felt like, well, then maybe with all that, maybe my family could also be in the Bible also? Maybe, maybe I, we're not too far off. Maybe Would you just come to look at someone and say, my, my family belongs in the Bible too. Just tell someone, my family belongs in the Bible too. With all that mess, then we can all, we can all do this together. Families, families have their struggles. Families have their stuff. That Families are just, they're all a little whack. There's no perfect families. And Here's, here's the great news behind all of this that, that we've kind of been leaning into. And we, we hit this last week as mom and dad were on the platform and Cindy and I and Caleb and Elizabeth and then Malachi on the way. There was three and a half generations uh, that were up here. And we're talking in this series of kinfolk, how do we raise a Christ-following family? Not a perfect family, but a Christ-following family. All of us in this room, all families we all have our stumbles and our setbacks, but the good news is we can all decide to turn it around. We can all decide to catch a new focus. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, the, the last part of that verse says this, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I want you to read it out loud. Ready? One, two, three. As for me and my family, we will serve. Now read it like you mean it. Ready? One, two, three. As for me and my family, 
We will serve the Lord. Years ago, I was researching my family tree. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I, I, I started, I just, I wanted to find out who, we, who are we. And I dove in. And man, I was doing research and Ancestry.com. And I'm, and I'm calling different family members. And I'm researching. I'm talking to mom and dad. I'm interviewing them and finding out who was this person and who's this aunt and uncle. I'm just, I'm trying to get it all together. And I found out some alarming information about my family. Uh, there's murderers in my family. Yes, there are. Uh, we seem to occupy several beds in mental institutions, not just mental health problems. We all have that. But mental institutions, they had to lock us away. We had a rough crew. It was a rough crew. I'm not sure the apple fell for Anyway, so, so it's, uh, yeah. And, 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 and I found out that about five generations back, my great, 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 great grandmother, I believe it's who she was, um, she got pregnant out of wedlock. And especially in that time, uh, you put a bun in the oven and you ain't got no man at the house. All right, this, this, it's like it was a whole different day then and there was an older guy down the street who was willing to marry her so the older guy said hey got a young babe and so he married this girl uh, to give her baby a daddy his name was Thomas so I ran into a roadblock I couldn't even reach any further back because I don't know where this guy was from don't know who he was we have nothing on him we had all this here so I mean you talking about some knots in the tree I mean we, we got some branches that are like eh. I mean it's just like all over the place it's an absolute mess it, it, it because that one moment that one shift it changed and altered my entire family tree my family is jacked up with an exclamation point do you understand my mom and dad's her, my dad's mom and dad was name was Otis and Artie and Otis and Artie Thomas they decided we're going to have a Christian home they decided we will have a Christian home so they raised a son named Glenn and Glenn and his wife, Joyce, decided we're going to have a Christian home. And the next generation, Glenn and Joyce had a son named Scott. And Scott and his wife decided, Cindy, we're going to have a Christian home. And Scott and Cindy's son, Caleb, and his gorgeous, oh my God, wife, Elizabeth, they decided we're going to have a Christian home. In January 2022, there's going to be Malachi Santiago is going to come along in this, and he's going to decide, I'm living a Christian life, and we'll have a Christian home. This is, this is what we do. But here's what I want you to understand. Do not be impressed with what I just shared with you about family lineage. No, 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 no. Because the Thomas legacy of following Christ is only one generation from extinction. There's no such thing as momentum that because my dad did it, I had to, and it just happened. Oh, no. Every generation that follows Christ has decided as for me and my house. Just because your mom was saved don't mean you get in the gates. Oh, I talk to people all the time that they think they got credit. You, you got heaven credit, not street credit. You got some heaven credit. Because, well, my grandmama, she's been praying for me. And my mama, you know, they love Jesus. They go to church all the time, mama and them. And they all go to church. And my auntie and dad, that's all good. But you don't get no credit for that. You got to choose for yourself. Tell somebody, choose for yourself. Choose for yourself. It's got to be decided in every generation. That's why this verse has got to be alive in every generation. As for me and my house. As for Scott and Cindy and our house, we have decided. And my decision, it will influence, but it doesn't mean that Caleb is going to follow Christ. He's got to decide. Elizabeth has to decide. We will serve the Lord. We will. Every generation, you in this room, you watch it online, you have to decide. 
I hope you've been shown what it is to live a Christ life and have that family, but you have to decide. Judges chapter 2, verses 7 through 8, 10 and 12 gives a scenario as to what happens when we don't handle this responsibility properly. The Bible says, The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. After that whole generation had been gathered up to their ancestors, after they all died, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. What a tragic indictment. That God brought an entire generation out of Egypt. How do you think if you walked between two massive walls of water on dry ground, it used to be a sea, but it came a highway, that you probably would share that for a minute? How many say, I'd have to at least get one tattoo somewhere about that thing right there. I'd have to tell like, please, yes, yes. The next generation, they stopped telling the miracles. They stopped talking about how manna fell every day and fed us. How Moses hit a rock and enough water came out of a rock to water hundreds of thousands of people in all of our livestock. God did that. A pillar of cloud by day and fire by night. How we won battles that we never should have won. We look back and we watch Pharaoh and all of his dudes drowned in the same water that we just came through. Whoa, that was a close one. Somebody should have been sharing that. But listen to what it says. This next generation were never introduced to God. No God talk in the family. No celebration as to who God had been. As if you arrived where you are because you're that good and not God is that good. Nobody was talking about that. They never heard of his work in your family, of how he blessed and how he provided and how he saved you from your crazy self, who you almost married. That gives us all chills just to think about that one right there. Like, Like there's some things you got to share. I just wonder, have your kids heard about how good God has been to you? Do your kids know your story? Because you see, it's not about you and it's not about your story. It's about your God and how amazing he's been, how faithful he's been, what he's provided, how he lifted, how he carried you through some stuff that you should have lost it all in, but you are still here. Most of you in your right mind, you are still here. Would you tell three folk, I'm still here. I'm still here. God's been good to me. I'm still here. Yes, you are. You've been through some crazy, but you're still here. You had some setbacks, but you're still here. You lost some battles, but you're still here right now. People counted you out, walked away from you, stabbed you in the back, 
but you're still here. What is it about you? The hand and the blessing and the favor of God is on your life. And you're, somebody ought to be talking about that stuff right there. I'm still here. I don't even know how I got through that party on that weekend. I took a hit of something that should have killed me. But God, his favor, his blessing, I'm still here. I'm telling my kids, get the kids in the house, order a pizza. We got to talk. We need to share to the next generation where we've been and what God has done for us. Because your kids need a point of reference as to who Jesus is in this family. Because if not, the scripture says, if they don't hear about him, they'll worship the God of the culture. Whatever culture says to worship, that's where we'll go. Whatever's big on Instagram, that's where I am. Whatever's popular in the university, university is whack right now. School has lost its mind. It's everything except education. It's indoctrination today. We need to raise up a generation of kids that know how to think on their own, that have a worldview of who Christ is. They're building their life on the truth of God's word, and they will not be moved regardless of what a professor says about it. There's educated idiots everywhere. We need to raise our kids to understand who God is and hold their ground. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our job. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. If our kinfolk are going to talk, are going to serve Jesus, I should say, then we better be talking about him. Jesus talking our family should not be weird. It should be common. And football and food and all that. But Jesus too. And it shouldn't be like, oh God, here we go. Jesus talk. It should be just the most natural thing. Your kids should feel that they can, they can up that. Like if, if my kinfolk are going to pray, then they should see me pray. Uh, okay. If, if, my, if, if, I'm gonna, if my kids are going to tithe, they should know that I tithe. If my kids are going to serve in God's house... They should see me serving in God's house. Oh, some of y'all ain't liking this. I'd rather preach it than live it. Me too, but it costs us all something. But there's nothing like modeling in front of your kids, not just telling them, but when they see daddy doing it, they're going to do what daddy did. When they see mama do it, they're going to follow right in the footsteps of mama. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to raise another generation to honor and serve God? Don't just keep it to yourself, but talk about it and start living this thing out loud and shift the culture inside your house it's a game changer would you turn to three folk and tell them live this stuff live this stuff live this stuff I want our kids to read their Bible therefore I need to read I want to, my kids to have a strong marriage therefore I need to show them what a strong marriage is I, I want my kids to own their own business therefore I want to show them and teach them what business is like we've got to pass these things on it doesn't just come no it does not Cindy and I decided as for we and our house, we will serve the Lord. And we're going to cause as much hell in hell as we can. Oh, no, I'm, we, we here to, we here to just give hell a, a headache every single morning. Oh, no, the Thomases are awake. Here we go again. That is our goal. That just let the alarms go off in hell because we're here to push back. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22 says this. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now, I know when you think inheritance, uh, you think in Powerball, y'all thinking, I need that house, and I want that car, and that four-wheeler. Okay, that, that's all good, and that's fine, but that's the least of what inheritance is here. 
Inheritance is a foundation that can be built upon that will carry me into the next generation. It is a faith. It is an honor. It's a principle. It's a value. It's an understanding. It's a knowledge. It's, it's that that we leave. But, but notice something about this verse. A good man leaves an inheritance. A good man, according to God's word, is required to think about two generations away, not just mine. I'm not even considered good as a dad unless I'm thinking about Caleb's son. Malachi has got to be my goal also. Caleb got my initial everything I had. And now I'm here to live the rest of my life to make sure Malachi is raised to know and understand who God is. Leverage every resource I have to make sure that young man grows with the stature that he can look back one day. And when I'm kissing this world goodbye and I'm making my transition, Malachi goes... That's my pops right there, Saba. And, 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 he, and he, he knows who his grandfather is, and, and he's walking, and he's loving because there's a connection there. And he learned some things from his grandfather that was passed down, that's multi-generation, that he realizes we Thomases live this way. This is how we do life. In order to be a good man, we think two generations away. Now, you see, that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna rock your thinking a little bit. But we got to shift. We, we, we have to shift our thinking from thinking as being mom and pop and start thinking matriarch and patriarch. It's not just about what I'm doing right here, right now, but lineage, heritage, legacy. I want my life to outlive my years. I still want to be talking when I'm gone. That'll be a little weird, I know. But, but I still want to be taught. I, I still want the influence. And I want the, I want the momentum of my words and my actions and my life to still cause a shift and a movement and influence inside of my family. You see, they, 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 Caleb called me dad. Caleb called Cindy mom all of our life. But our purpose was to lead a legacy. That's God's word for our lives. Everyone in this room, you watching online, you will leave a legacy. In fact, you're building one right now. Is it going to be one of a blessing or will it be a bust? Which one will it be? What will they say about you and how you raised them? Time you spent with them. The love, the affection, the emotional impact. Mental health is a huge thing in our culture today. And I'm so glad that we're trying to take away all of the, uh, trying to hide it. And we can talk raw and real because we all struggle in some area of our life. We all go through our things. I've been through it. We've all been through it. But can I tell you something? I am fully convinced that when our homes are built on the foundation of God's word and that love and that honor and that next generation legacy mindset is flowing inside of our homes, we're going to help heal some of the mental health issues that are existing inside of our kids today. I am convinced that the mental health tragedies going on in our nation today are due greatly in part to homes that have kissed their brains goodbye. And we're no longer raising our kids. We're having kids and letting culture raise them. And because there's no structure and no order and no love and no legacy and no purpose and no understanding of who we are, there's no identity. Kids are searching everywhere to fit in and belong and who am I and how can I do this? And because everyone has opinion, they don't even know who they are. And when nothing adds up and nothing qualifies on their heart they're left to themselves that's why I refuse for anybody to write anything on the heart of my son other than his dad and his mom we will tell you who Jesus says you are and we will tell you the greatness and the goodness of God we'll tell you your identity and who God what God's going to do in your life 
That's how we raise our kids. You speak into their spirits. Oh, we're going to get into it next week and talk practically. How do I build a family heritage and legacy? We'll get into that there. i got to get back to my message right now. You see, following Christ is the only thing that makes your life worth following. With, without Christ as the principal foundation, there's no, there's no other reason to try to live a, leave a legacy. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says this, When a man lives with integrity, his kids are blessed. When I live my life in an honorable way, my son smiles when my name is mentioned. He's like, he doesn't hear my name mentioned in, at, at, you know, down the street and go, oh God, don't tell him who I am. I don't want that. I want to live my life in a way that my son goes, that's my daddy. Yeah. Oh. I hope. I pray. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. You see, here's the deal. This is counterculture. It's not my goal to be a legend. I'm just a link to the legacy, to keep it going to the next generation. Because I live my life as if it's not about me. It's about him. Yeah. And it's about what comes through him. Yeah. And that's what I live my life for. You see, that's bigger than living for self, but culture won't tell you that. Right. And this is why we have instability in our homes everywhere, because building a legacy requires a fight. Oh, for you to build a godly legacy, you're going to have to push back on some stuff. Yeah. Oh, I bet you, that was the parents right there. How about some grandparents? Any grandparents realize that this culture is whack right now? We need some help up in here. Yeah. Oh, ask a grandparent. You want to know what's going on in culture? Ask a grandparent. They'll tell you, oh, do you got a minute? Get me some coffee. Let's talk. I mean, no, they will tell you because they've got some generations to compare where things were and where we are today and where things went sideways. I'm telling you right now, we've got to fight for this. When I was growing up, I had two parents in my house. We had family dinner. When the street lights came on, it was time to come home. Five, five thirty, whatever that was. We went to church. It was not a democracy. I got no vote. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not going to church? Is that what you said? <laughs> I went to church. Sometimes bruised. I went to church. I, grew, I got spanked by my neighbors. I heard my mama say, you see him do anything wrong, you just whip him and tell me about it, and I'll whip you when he gets home. Oh, my God. It's a conspiracy in the neighborhood. This is horrible. Couldn't get away with anything. I had chores. You had to do W-O-R-K in my house. You clean the trash. You vacuum this. You do that. You rake the legs. Then you can go play. <gasps> I was taught manners. We had frequent attitude adjustments in my house. Mm-hmm. If you didn't say sir or ma'am behind it, there was some pain coming. We're going to learn that real fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I feared my mom and dad. Oh, yes, I did. And I feared them enough to obey them because I realized they were not my peers. They weren't trying to be my friend. They knew I needed a parent, not a friend. I needed an authority, not a friend. 
that would guide and lead my life. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I was raised all that stuff. I was, I was taught to respect people I didn't even know. You see somebody, you hold the door for them. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay, yeah, because my dad had big hands. You understand. You, you, you respect authority. You see a fireman, you say, thank you, sir, for serving. You see a policeman, you say, thank you, sir. You, you honor people who served in the military. You honor your elders. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm, okay. It's what we did. I'm 54 years old, and I'm still saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. That's just how I was raised. That's what we do. It's disrespectful if I don't. That's how I was raised. I was raised to be grateful and loved. I was raised, I was raised happy. I loved life as a kid. And all these things, as difficult as they seem, it was a blessing in my life. Again, because my parents were not my friends. They were my authorities. They were my leaders. They were my providers. They were my protectors. They were my pastors, literally. (laughs) Mom and dad, let me help you with something. Single parents, you are the pastor of your house. Oh, yes, you are. In fact, you can have your kids call you pastor for all of December if you'd like to. No, I'm no, no, just call me pastor. Pastor dad will be just fine. Thank you very much. Pay your tithe. <laughs> no, I, I just, you, you can, I'm, I'm playing. I'm stop. Your home is a church. You don't come to church to do church. You leave church to come to church. In fact, church is not a building. Church is a people. And unless we raise our kids to understand you are the church, there's no difference between secular time and sacred time. It's all holy. You at a ball game, you holy. You at Disney, you holy. You on vacation, you holy. You in school, you holy. You at Walmart, you holy. You in church, you holy. You got to do it all. It's wherever we are. That's where we lean. We live our lives at a different level. And ladies and gentlemen, when that reality begins to settle into your heart, it changes everything. Every, every generation, every generation has to win the battle for their family. Yeah. Yeah. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. I'm, I'm finishing with this. It says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives and your homes. Fight for them. Stop getting distracted by culture and fight for them. Stop trying to be correct so that everyone likes you and fight for truth and stand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a right and there's a wrong. We do it this way. I'm stopping divorce as for this generation forward. I'm stopping. I'm breaking rebellion. We're ending poverty in our family lineage. It stops with me. I'm crashing the curse, and I'm releasing the blessing. That's what we're doing. This generation, we're going to have generational health. We're going to have generational wealth. There's going to be committed marriages. Yeah, no more divorce. There's going to be peace in our hearts. We're going to have mental health in our lives. We're going to have biblical values we're going to live our life by. Yes, we are across the board. You might not serve Jesus, but you will know biblical values. There's going to be convictions in our life. There's going to be church attendance in our life. We're going to serve. We're going to tithe. We're going to study. We're going to witness. We're going to tell folks who Jesus is. Wherever we are, we're going to rep him. As for me and my house, we're fighting. I'm not letting somebody take my son, my daughter, my grandkids. I'm standing like a warrior on the wall and I'm leaning into, I'll push back on everything that's trying to steal the promises of God out of their life. 
Stand to your feet if you would. Come on. As for me and my house, I'm fighting for my kinfolk. Yes, I am. You can't have them. You can bless them. You can love on them. You can be friends with them. As long as y'all go in the same direction. But you try to derail them, we're going to have a fight. Because I got Bible to tell me to do it. So I'm coming with everything I got. Push back on it. Caleb, dating, dating a girl one time. I didn't like her. Did not. Every, every parent in the place that knows what I'm talking about, just wave your hand at me right there. That's all I got to say. You see? I, I, I did not like her. He was at college. He was away. And I said, I know, I know how to handle this. Oh, no, we go in there, Caleb. Just, just hold on. Are you married to him? Are you, look, what could you married? Are you, God's been good to you. Yes. And so I told Cindy, I said, tell Caleb to bring her home and let her visit with us. My turf. Welcome. Brought her in. Sweet girl, sweet girl. Just as lost as a bird in a snowstorm. And we, and we, we, did, all, we did all we could to help. But, but here, here's the deal. Let me tell you what happened. She's home. We, we were doing life in our family, having conversation in our family, going to church planning, just all that, and immediately it stood out as to how different the culture, the attitude, the convictions, all of those things were so very different than as for me and my house. And we didn't have to say a thing. He knew. It didn't settle inside of him. We got a call two weeks later. That one's over. Cindy and I went to Roos Chris, had a big celebration dinner together, and uh, I went to Bass Pro, bought me a gift. It was wonderful. It was a, it was a great celebration. Ladies and gentlemen, you fight for your kids. You fight for your family. Ain't no hidden agenda. It's an agenda. It ain't hidden. I'm coming at it. That's, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm on you right now. That's what we do. It's time to take the gloves off, and it's time to stop being so nice and being trying to be liked. It's time to protect their heart and their soul for eternity. And that's what this fight is for. Jesus, today, we love you and we're grateful that your word gives us guidance as to what kind of home to have and how to stand and, and how to put edges and borders to our home, how to, how to build walls to protect our house. And these young minds that you blessed our homes with, this next generation, you told us to serve our lives, to raise them, to know you, to serve you, to honor you. You said in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that raise them to the, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, we're talking about you, we're, 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 we're teaching about you, we're celebrating who you are our kids will know you as for we and our house we will serve you and our kids will know you I refuse to have Joshua uh, Judges chapter 2 play out in my home where the next generation doesn't have a clue who you are I will not let that happen as for me and my house will declare your goodness will serve you for generations there's a legacy there's a heritage my kinfolk will honor you Lord, thank you for raising this standard in our homes, reminding us really, truly what all of this is about. 
I pray for wisdom in parents' lives. I pray for wisdom over our grandparents' lives and aunties and uncles and, and family of, of choice that, that are, are rallying around, that all have a voice and an input, that, God, we would all rally together and not only keep each other strong in our faith, but then pass on and model to the next generation what it means to honor, serve, and know you with all of our lives. It's the best life. It's the greatest life. It's the most blessed life. Thank you for your word that guides and leads us in all this. We love you. We need you. Because we're all a little whack. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. <laughs>